This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the word of God says it, I believe it. And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. Newsweek just happily proclaimed Donald Trump's disapproval rating hits six-month high amid George Floyd protests. And, of course, the left is doing all it can right now to politically benefit from the nationwide riots and lootings and exploit the carnage to take back power this November. But even though the attacks the left has made against Trump in the last few years have been the most brutal ever mounted against a sitting president, my next guest, who understands leftists better than just about anybody, predicts that Trump will smash the left and win. So we're going to talk about it today with renowned conservative commentator David Horowitz, New York Times bestselling author and also founder and CEO of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. His new book is called Blitz. And David, great to have you with us. How are you? Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you here. How do you see these riots across America fitting into the left scheme to get rid of Trump? Well, look, every city that's going up in flames is a Democrat city. Right. And it's going up in flames because the Democrat mayors and the Democrat governors are supporting the rioters. During the, uh, I mean, that's just the reality. Uh, two weeks ago, they were arresting the same Democrat mayors um, were arresting people and governors uh, for congregating on the beaches in numbers of, what, three to ten, or or trying to open their barbershops or or go to church. Now you have thousands of people massed in mobs, breaking the law. The peaceful protesters are all breaking the law. You have to have permits. You can't just close up city streets like that. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the so-called peaceful protesters are providing cover for the terrorists. And the, and the Democrats uh, are, are protecting that. Before, the reason they wanted to shut down the economy is to blame it on Trump. Now, uh, they you know, want to blame all the destruction that are caused, that's being caused by the left on Trump. Yeah. My book, Blitz, the Democrat Party is at war with America. They basically seceded from the Union the way they did in 1860. Uh, they're conducting these, this permanent phony coup based on a totally false, and they knew it all along, charges against Trump as colluding with Russia. Sure. Uh, my book documents all of this and tells the story of how the Democrats weaponized race uh, and have used it as a weapon against Republicans. There, there is no police problem. Minneapolis, where this horrible killing took place of George Floyd, 100% controlled by the Democratic Party. Right. The city council has 13 members, 12 Democrats, Green Party. The police chief is black. The attorney general is black and the former head of the DNC. Everybody 
has any influence over the behavior of Minneapolis police force as a Democrat or a black person. I mean, if you look at the actual statistics, nobody mentions them. Mm-hmm. Last year, there were 10 million arrests in America. There were 19 white, unarmed whites who were killed by police uh, and nine blacks. Wow. A black person, an unarmed black person, has as much chance of being killed by a police officer as being struck by lightning. <laughs> now, nobody even argues that the statistics, they just suppress them. Yeah. These are FBI statistics, uh, but there, there's no argument over them because because of the left's control of the media, which I also discuss in my book, Blitz. Yeah. Um, it's just suppressed. Yeah, it just is. suppressed. It is. Why I think Trump will win? Because most Americans are horrified by what they're seeing on their tubes. True. Whatever Newsweek or any of these corrupt media outlets say. Exactly. You know, and, and with feckless Republicans like George Bush taking out his personal gripes against Trump yeah. uh, to betray his country, along with all the never-Trumpers. Disgusting. Uh, but the American people want to be safe. Uh, black communities want their businesses. I mean, you see these, there's this terrible video of a black woman in tears. She's disabled. They burned every store in her neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she, does, she doesn't have a car. And she doesn't know where she's going to shop. So black America, too, will vote for Trump. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been thinking, too. You've seen some of these videos that have come out where you have the rioters yelling at each other. Don't break anything. It'll make people vote for Trump. Stop. Stop. And and so. Yeah, but uh, they're they're not effective, are they? Why don't they just call off their marches? What do they want? Yeah. Every major city in America with a big black population is 100% controlled by the Democratic Party. Sure. Why aren't they demonstrating at DNC headquarters? Why are they? And why are they at the White House? Trump has no control over local police. In the same way, he has no control over the health systems fighting the virus. The, the Democrats are responsible insofar as anybody's really bad decisions like Cuomo's New York to put COVID patients into nursing homes. They're all Democrats. Trump doesn't have any say, but the Democrat Party, evil party that it is, is blaming Trump for 100,000 coronavirus deaths. It's terrible. My book is The Blitz, is a book about this Democrat Party what it thinks, what it does, why it does it. And its goal is to overthrow a duly elected president. That is treason. Sure. Yep. And, you know, and, and all these Republican cowards who won't use words like this. You know, if your treason bothers you, say sedition. That's exactly what it is. It is. You have a duly elected president. They formed a resistance. Mm-hmm. How un-American is that? I know. I discuss all this in my book, Blitz, but, uh, you know, the Constitution, the whole arrangement was to get people to compromise. We have a very diverse country, not just racially, but in creed and everything. And so it's very important 
that we don't have civil wars all the time. Agreed. And that's what the Constitution is about. So when a president gets elected, you you have a presidential honeymoon to create a loyal opposition to let the president get his programs in place. Trump, the, the average, according to Gallup, the average honeymoon is seven months. Trump did seven seconds. Yeah, for sure. They were talking about impeaching him before he was occupying the Oval Office. They boycotted his inauguration, and they slimed him with all these insane charges, calling him a racist. Why do they call Trump a racist? And he was a public figure for 30 or 40 years before nobody was calling him a white supremacist or white nationalist. Never. Until he ran against the Democrat. They do it because the dirty secret of the Democratic Party is that they control every inner city in America of any size 100% and have for 50 to 100 years every injustice, every oppression, if you like, uh, every failed school system that ruins the lives of black and, and Hispanic children in the inner cities are 100% controlled by the Democrat Party. Yeah. But they get away with it because they'll attack any Republican who points the finger at them as a racist. Yep. And Republicans are just cowards. They don't want to be called racist. They don't want to fight. Finally, the reason that the Democrats hate Trump so much uh, is because he fights. Exactly. And I, in my book, I show how uh, he's even willing to call Elijah Cummings, the congressman from uh, head of the Oversight Committee and congressman from Baltimore, a, a racist. Yeah. But Elijah Cummings made himself a millionaire on public funds while the people in his district uh, suffer it. Incredible miseries. You're right. David, hang on just a moment. We're going to pause for a short break. David Horowitz with us talking about his new book, Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. We'll be right back on Janet Meffer today. The Ministry of Preborn is dedicated to helping save preborn babies from abortion through ultrasound. And even in this time of national crisis, preborn is there. Here's Dan Steiner, president of Preborn. No college classes and sheltering in have led to an explosion of unplanned pregnancies. Women are panicked about their pregnancies and wanting to abort. Our crisis line is the busiest it's ever been. Here's Catherine, one of our crisis line operators. Girls are scared and often seeking abortion as an easy way out. Girls are often desperate being pregnant in this pandemic. With your help, we are able to be here for them. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Would you join Preborn in the cause for life? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds. To donate, just call 855-402-BABY, 855-402-2229, or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. Call 855-402-BABY. Thank you. Are you in need of a health care program? You're in luck. As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up throughout the year with memberships starting as early as the following month. And there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $199 per month. And there's no network so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. 
Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance. So your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. Find out more by calling 855-565-2561. That's 855-565-2561. Or visit libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Well, we have seen the left launch an unprecedented attack on a sitting president during the entire time that President Trump has been in office and even going into office. He didn't get that honeymoon period for sure. But my guest, David Horowitz from the David Horowitz Freedom Center and author of Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win, is telling us that Trump has a plan. Now, let's talk about that a little bit, David, because you said that Trump obviously is a fighter. We've seen it again and again and again. It's really the reason that so many of us have appreciated him so much. But how will he fight? How how will he do it now? Because now we have the coronavirus situation and we now have the riot situation and people are saying you should use the Insurrection Act. And now they've come out and said, no, we're not going to do it. How will well, he fight now? Poetic justice. If, if, if there's a, a huge outbreak of the epidemic among all these rioters, wouldn't it? Yeah. That, that would be poetic. But it, what he has to do now, I mean, it, the virus probably was exaggerated. Um, you know, you can't trust these medical people. They're just as political as everybody else. Um, but he has to shut down. We cannot have, our, you know, looters and criminals and, you know, Antifa terrorists roaming the streets creating mayhem. If he has to call in the military, he should call in the military. That's the only resource he really has. Yeah. Uh, he should fire the Secretary of Defense for these stupid comments he made, uh, distancing, you know, it's betrayal of his president. Yeah. It's just the, the Democrats have set the standard for that. The unspeakable Pelosi and Schumer, they set the standard for uh, disloyalty to the president of the United States, disrespect. Yeah. He went, what he did... Going to that church is the most courageous act of a president in my lifetime, probably ever. I agree. Uh, That crowd was not peaceful. They burned the church the night before for crying out tears. Anybody watching it showed it was explosive. And they were all in violation of the the curfew. The mayor, the Democrat mayor, had a curfew the previous night of 11 o'clock, which just was an invitation to violence. This night that Trump went out on, uh, the curfew had been moved to 8 o'clock. They were warned three times to clear the street. They're, everybody in that crowd is a criminal. Mm-hmm. When, when you're ordered to clear the streets, uh, you know, for a curfew, you do it. You do. Uh, with smoke bombs or tear gas, whatever, just, whatever was necessary to clear that crowd, what Trump was doing, was making a symbolic act that the president of the United States is not going to be trapped in a bunker in the White House. Exactly. That that the streets can be cleared. And he was showing every Democrat, what do you call them, traitor, all these mayors, treason to the American people, not protecting them. It's true. Showing them how it should be done. 
It's true. You can't clear a space. Yeah. It was, I mean, I watched that whole thing with my breath held that he wouldn't be assassinated. Me too. Me too. I was and really worried. Every, I hate calling them liberals. They're vindictive bigots. MSNBC, CNN, mocking him as he did it. I was watching CNN, that wretched governor, Democrat in, in uh, Illinois, Pritzker, yep. Yep. calling him all kinds of names, defending the rioters. Unbelievable what's going on. I mean, it's very depressing. For well, it is. It is. Yeah, you know, David, you, you have, you know, written so much about the roots of the left and so forth. But when we're talking about the people who are out on the streets right now, you have a mixed bag, it would seem. You have people who are genuinely upset about the George Floyd situation, and they're just kind of organic protesters. But you've got Antifa. You've got Black Lives Matter. You've yeah, got these those protesters. Look, I've been in protest as yeah. a young man. Yep. Uh, you know, I know I don't want to be next to people who are causing violence, and there's ways to do it. Sure, get out of the get out of the streets, get on the sidewalks. You know, don't dress in ninja outfits. You know, I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. How, how hard is it? Exactly. You watch. You focus your anger on the Minneapolis Democrats who didn't. This guy had, what did he have, 12 or 16 uh, misconduct complaints against him. He had already killed three people. He did. Um, why, aren't, why aren't they, you know, like I say, why aren't they demonstrating at the DNC or the party headquarters in Minneapolis or at yeah. the mayor's office? Yeah. Why aren't they holding that mayor accountable? I know. Well, we know, you know, because they're left. So I don't have any respect for these. You know, I, I respect... Uh, George Floyd's brother made a really good statement, but encouraging and uh, encouraging people to go out and then pretending that there's this epidemic of via police violence against blacks is sheer baloney. I mean, I tweeted today that statistics are amazingly different, amazingly different. It's like twice as many whites that get killed. Well, I just gave one statistic unarmed whites being killed by police. Right. The, the reason black for all these, you know, yeah, and you can't lump together every time a black person gets killed, they're not innocent. You know, this tragedy of this uh, Breonna Taylor. Yeah. Uh, our brother fired on police. Mm-hmm. Who does that? Yeah, that's right. That's terrible. No, and now you, yeah, now you've got these. You've got these and brave. Killed all these black police officers. That's it. They injured four hundred and thirty. The every major city in America practically has a black police chief. Terrible. What's the matter? With, and you know the statistics show that black officers kill black suspects twice as you know, much as whites do. Twice as much. Mm. So, you know, they they attack cops, but, you know, the, the code is it's white cops. It's white supremacy. Yeah. It's baloney. It isn't true. And, my, they... and my, my book, this book, which was published yesterday, I go through all this, uh, the history of this. I mean, this is not, there's nothing new about it, but it's never reported in the press. Well, that's the frustrating part. And, you know, do you think that by declaring Antifa a terrorist organization that will make much of a difference in shutting down this they agitation? They need to arrest Soros, who's 
funding them. Agreed. Yep. They need to arrest the leaders. Yep. If, you know, uh, you, you watch CNN and, or MSNBC, and all Allison organization has no leaders. It's an international organization. It's coordinated, hide its leaders uh, because it's a criminal operation. If you read their, their manual, by the way, FA uh, manual is available for 99 cents on Amazon. Hmm. If you read it, it's a very academic book, but what it is, is it justifies vigilante violence. It says anybody who disagrees uh, is a white supremacist or a fascist. Hmm. And our duty is to shut them down by violence if necessary, but by any means necessary, because the government won't do it. That's their philosophy. They're all Marxists, and they hate America, and they hate the free market system. This is a real internal enemy that has to be fought that way. I agree. But only Trump is out there sort of naming it. Yeah. It's great that he declared them terrorists. I think it's great that he shut down travel from China. Very important. There's a fascist dictatorship. Well, they're actually communists. Right. No difference. Right. No, that's right. No difference whatsoever. Yeah. It's an evil regime. And, you know, the Democrats are always out there defending it. If you say China virus, you're a racist. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean... It's ridiculous. It's sick what's happened. The Democratic Party is a very sick party and a dangerous one. Well, do you think they may have overstepped their boundaries in the long run where you see so many Americans horrified by the violence, even people living in these blue cities? You look at how these people are chanting against de Blasio in New York City, for example, and Chicagoans upset with Lori Lightfoot. Will there be any a piper to pay for these politicians, do you think? I hope so. Yeah. You know, this is the big unknown. It was an unknown in the last election where they smeared and libeled and slandered Trump all the way. All these, and it wasn't just Trump. It's everybody who supported him. Right. That wretched woman, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You know, until Trump, Republicans, and this is in my book, deferred to Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they allowed her behind a mask of feminine gentility to be the worst of witch hunter since Joe McCarthy, much worse than McCarthy, calling everybody who's supported Trump uh, a racist, sexist, homophobic, deplorable. I know. I know. She's deplorable. That's an evil, evil. Got a free ride and they hate Trump because Trump, uh, you know, people have probably forgotten but in the, I think it was the third grade with 70 million people watching. He looked her right in the eye and said, you are a liar and a crook, <laughs> which obviously she is both. Yes. But there's no other Republican in Christendom who would dare to do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was important. But, you know, you, you are confident that he will still win in November. Is that still your position? Do you I think he will? I believe in the American people. Yeah. And I believe they want to be safe in their homes and their cities. And they see that the Democratic Party is a criminal party. It is. It is. Well, and, and they want to steal the election, of course, so that there, there has to be a lot of effort on that oh, score. mail-in ballots. Well, that's a pretty tough argument about the virus, isn't it? Yeah. When you, for your first year, arresting people for going to church, and then you let 
thousands and thousands congregate to burn down your cities. Totally right. I mean, that's that's going to be a very hard sell after what they're allowing here in too many of these major American cities. You're totally right. Well, read the book. It's called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win by David Horowitz. David, so good to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. And we'll be back on Janet Meffer today. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Welcome back. A little bit of an update. Three more of these police officers in Minneapolis have now been charged in the death of George Floyd just a few days after the charges were brought against Derek Chauvin. And Derek Chauvin now has had his charges elevated to second degree murder rather than third degree. So that's good. This is what justice is all about. When you see these officers and how brutal they were, uh, you could say Chauvin was brutal and these other cops aided and abetted it by not stopping it or doing what they could to intervene. This is what is supposed to happen. When you have a grave injustice like what was perpetrated against George Floyd, then the justice system is supposed to work. And I think so far, so good. It's good. I'm glad to see these police officers held accountable for the death of this man. So we'll see what happens from here. Now, having said that, I just think it's hilarious on some level to see how the media has gotten so much so wrong, particularly when they are making commentary on President Trump and what he did a couple of days ago when he walked to St. James Church. We mentioned this on yesterday's show. And as you know, he held aloft a Bible. The left could not have been more angry about it. And of course, we know why, because the left hates the Bible. If it had been a Koran, they'd be doing a jig. But because it was a Bible, they're outraged. How could he do this to, you know, this staunch and this prop? And the thing was, you had a lot of lefties within the evangelical world making the same comment. So what does CNN do? It interviews all the people who are standing against Trump on the issue of holding up a Bible in evangelicalism. Listen to this. It's only a few people. I shouldn't say all of them. Here's this story that they ran. Trump risks potential backlash from evangelicals with tone-deaf Bible photo op. He does? You know, they've been writing this this narrative of Trump risking potential backlash from evangelicals. If I've seen it once, I've seen it 100 million times since 2016. I really have. Okay, maybe not that many, but a lot. It's a continual narrative. They keep throwing it out. This time, Trump might really be abandoned by evangelicals. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, yeah they're going to make a beeline for Biden, right? Biden, who, you, you know the thing. Yeah, everybody's going to go to Biden. Okay, sure. Here's what they say, though. I got to walk you through this because this is pretty funny. As he brandished an unopened Bible in front of the boarded up St. John's Episcopal Church across the street from the White House on Monday evening, President Trump delivered an unspoken message to white evangelical Christians. Remember, I'm on your side. Why? Why do they put white in there? Any Christian 
who's watching him do that is, regardless of race, somebody who's going to love it, right? The question is whether enough of them will be on his side in November. What are you basing this on? Trump continues to enjoy overwhelming support among evangelical voters, but there are signs that support is cracking on the margins. What are those signs? Yet they don't really say. Oh, here's what they say. A recent Pew study indicates that fewer white evangelicals approve of his response to the coronavirus. So what what does that mean? That have they all said because we didn't like Trump's response to the coronavirus, we're going to vote for Biden? Because absent that fact, it means nothing. Staunch supporters like evangelical pastor Robert Jeffress have publicly said that the president was absolutely correct in appearing in front of the church. And Trump himself claimed Wednesday that most religious leaders loved it. But other evangelical leaders told CNN there's more ambivalence among the faithful. Well, who do you think they trotted out as the faithful? Go on, just take a guess. Come on. Well, first they trotted out Pat Robertson from CBN. This doesn't even make any sense. Robertson appeared to give voice to that ambivalence when he criticized Trump for threatening to send in federal troops to states where protests have turned violent. You just don't do that, Mr. President, Robertson said. It isn't cool. That's all. That's it. Where did Pat Robertson say, therefore, I'm voting for Biden? Oh, nowhere. Doesn't matter. The demonstration at St. John's, CNN goes on to say, comes with clear political risk for Trump. It does. They haven't made any case for this yet. A man not known for his strong faith. The president was in danger of prompting a backlash among his pious Christian backers for using the Bible as a prop. Where do you get that? On Monday, Trump did not read from the Bible nor offer words of prayer for the cameras gathered around. He did not mention that protesters and even some of the St. John's clergy were pushed back using tear gas and flashbangs ahead of his visit. That's a total lie. And I'm going to tell you why in a couple of minutes. It's not true. There was no tear gas. His most direct to evangelicals. His link is Vice President Mike Pence, who wasn't with him, so, and his appearance was criticized by Marianne Edgar Booty, the Episcopal Bishopric of Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, she's a hoot. You got to listen to what she had to say on CNN. Listen to cut one. Let me be clear. Uh, The president just used a Bible, the most sacred text of the Judeo-Christian tradition, and one of the churches of my diocese without permission as a backdrop for a message antithetical to the teachings of Jesus and everything that our churches stand for. And to do so, as you just said, he sanctioned the use of tear gas by police officers in riot gear to clear the church guard. I am outraged. The president did not pray when he came to St. John's, nor, as you just articulated, did he acknowledge the agony of our country right now, and in particular that of the people of color in our nation, who wonder if anyone ever, anyone in, in, in public power will ever acknowledge their sacred worth, and who are rightfully demanding an end to 400 years of systemic racism and white supremacy in our country. And I just want the world to know that we in the Diocese of Washington, following Jesus and his way of love, do not we distance ourselves from the, from the incendiary language of this president. Uh, we follow someone who lived a life of nonviolence and sacrificial love. We align ourselves with those seeking justice for the death of George Floyd and countless others through the sacred act of peaceful protest. And I... <laughs> I just can't believe what my eyes have seen. Well, 
Right, because they're not used to seeing a Bible around there. They're too busy putting up a pride flag at that church. So why would they like somebody coming along and holding up a Bible? It might actually testify to them that their deeds are evil. But that's just a guess. Now, on the tear gas issue, I want to make this plain. There's a statement that's come out from the U.S. Park Police Acting Chief Gregory T. Monahan. This is what he said, and I want you to listen to this. The U.S. Park Police is committed to the peaceful expression of First Amendment rights. However, this past weekend's demonstrations at Lafayette Park and across the National Mall included activities that were not part of a peaceful protest, which resulted in injuries to USPP officers in the line of duty and the destruction of public property and the defacing of memorials and monuments. During four days of demonstrations, 51 members of the USPP were injured. Of those, 11 were transported to the hospital and released, and three were admitted. Multiple agencies assisted the USPP in responding to and quelling the acts of destruction and violence over the course of the weekend in order to protect citizens and property. On Monday, June 1st, the USPP worked with the U.S. Secret Service to have temporary fencing installed inside Lafayette Park. At about 6.33 p.m., violent protesters on H Street Northwest began throwing projectiles, including bricks, frozen water bottles, and caustic liquids. The protesters also climbed onto a historic building at the north end of Lafayette at Park that was destroyed by arson days prior. Intelligence had revealed calls for violence against the police and officers found caches of glass bottles, baseball bats and metal poles hidden along the street. To curtail the violence that was underway, the USPP following established policy issued three warnings over a loudspeaker to alert demonstrators to evacuate the area. Horse-mounted patrol, civil disturbance units and additional personnel were used to clear the area. As many of the protesters became more combative, continued to throw projectiles and attempted to grab officers' weapons, officers then employed the use of smoke canisters and pepper balls. No tear gas was used by USPP officers or other assisting law enforcement partners to close the area at Lafayette Park. Subsequently, the fence was installed. So there were acts of violence here by the protesters, the rioters. You don't have peaceful protesters destroying property, do you? Or, or putting these kinds of weaponry along the street. It's ridiculous. So the media jumps on this. Oh, it's tear gas. It wasn't tear gas. And now the good Bishop Tricks is also trying to spread that fake narrative. And it was so terrible of the president to hold up a Bible. But of course, who do you think they really wanted to hear from? Oh, Russell Moore, of course. The Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission head of the Southern Baptist Convention, Mr. Never Trumper. He's always available for comment when it comes to bashing Trump. We'll get right back to it. Stay with us. We'll come back on Janet Meffer today. Are you in need of a health care program? You're in luck. As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up throughout the year with memberships starting as early as the following month. And there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $199 per month, and there's no network, so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible 
medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. Find out more by calling 855-565-2561. That's 855-565-2561. Or visit libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. The Ministry of Preborn is dedicated to helping save preborn babies from abortion through ultrasound. And every day, preborn is on the front lines competing with Planned Parenthood for babies' lives. Here's Dan Steiner, president of Preborn. Planned Parenthood, who generated recently over $190 million in net revenue, violated the terms of the payroll protection plan by taking over $80 million of COVID relief funds. Meanwhile, Preborn has received no government funding and many of our center's revenue is down. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Would you join Preborn in the cause for life? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds. All gifts are tax deductible. To donate, just call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229, 855 402-2229 or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. Thank you. You're listening to Janet Mefford today and now here's Janet. CNN has a story, made up story. They're trying to put out the narrative that Trump risks a potential backlash from evangelicals for holding up a Bible. Yeah, that's really offensive to us. We Christians hate it when somebody gets a Bible in hand and holds it aloft against People who are anarchists and Marxists. That's something that really offends us. No, it doesn't. But it did offend Russell Moore. He was quoted when asked about Trump's reappearance at the church. Dr. Russell Moore said the Bible is the word of the living God and should be treated with reverence and awe. Moore said he was brokenhearted and alarmed by everything from the death of Floyd to Trump's response. More important than politics and optics is that all of us should be listening to what the Bible says. Okay, Mr. Social Justice Warrior, about the preciousness of human life, about the sins of racism and injustice, about the need for safety and calm and justice in the civil arena, all of it. Okay, why are you quoting somebody who can't stand Donald Trump, who's a never Trumper, who made a name for himself and almost lost his job for completely misrepresenting the base of the Southern Baptist Convention and going against the majority of the people who make up the Southern Baptist Convention and disdains conservatives who make up that base? Oh, he's the guy you're going to run to. And then they quoted a couple of other people, Senator Ben Sass, same crowd, though. Oh, the Bible is a prop. You guys have completely missed the point. You've completely missed the point. That was a fantastic moment, a fantastic moment. That man had the courage to walk out of the White House. Some would say, oh, man, you know, as David Horowitz was saying, I was praying that he wouldn't get assassinated. I thought the same thing. But he walked out of that White House. He walked in front of the church and he held up God's word. That said everything that the leftists needed to know, and it infuriated them, and that was the point. And one of my points was part of the reason we loved that he held up the Bible is because the left hated it so much. That's the point. There are two sides here. There's the side of good, and there's the side of evil. And I'm I'm not trying to denigrate those who feel sad about George Floyd and the police brutality. I feel sad about that as well. But I'm talking about Antifa and Black Lives Matter, this Marxist organization, and the insurrection that is taking place across the country. That's what the Bible is standing against. And Russell Moore, oh, yeah, Trump, using the Bible as a prop. 
Unbelievable. And then Baptist Press runs a story uh, talking about praise is given for Trump's recent executive order on religious liberty. And it's really funny because you read through the whole story and Russell Moore is nowhere quoted in the story. So he has time to talk to CNN to bash Trump, but he doesn't have any time to offer a quote on religious liberty executive orders in Baptist Press to praise Trump because he will never praise Trump. Is he really about religious liberty or is he really about his own agenda, his leftist social justice warrior agenda? I have long said it's B, and I continue to say that. Now, something else I wanted to talk about. Chris Hodges is a name you might know. I I have interviewed him before. Very, very nice man. He is pastor of Church of the Highlands in Alabama. And I saw this story about what went on with Chris Hodges, and I was very disturbed by this. Here's what happened. Chris Hodges, according to AL.com, the pastor of Alabama's largest church, has come under fire for following and liking social media posts by Charlie Kirk, president of Turning Point USA, a high school and college campus organization, often controversial for its political stances. Okay, only to leftists because they're conservatives. A Birmingham high school English teacher did a post on Facebook pointing out that Pastor Chris Hodges, founder of the Church of the Highlands, repeatedly liked social media posts by Charlie Kirk. Oh, is this what you're in trouble now for? This is what you're in trouble for. You like the wrong people on social media. This is now, okay. Uh, Jasmine Faith Clisby, who said uh, she teaches English at this high school, said, I do not attend Church of the Highlands. I would be upset if it comes off as me judging him. It's not that. I'm not saying he's a racist. I'm saying he likes someone who posts things that do not seem culturally sensitive to me. Okay, now you're in trouble for not sounding culturally sensitive to one person on Facebook. She said she found it objectionable and noteworthy that Hodges followed Kirk on social media because she said one of the main things Charlie Kirk harps on is white privilege being a myth. Well, why can't he think that? This is America. People can have alternate opinions to yours. One meme, and and here's what's really weird. One meme... Shared by Kirk featured a photo of Donald Trump standing alongside Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks with the caption, the racist Donald Trump in the 1980s. And next to that picture was a picture of Democratic Virginia Governor Ralph Northam in a photo of two men wearing blackface and a KKK costume in a 1984 yearbook photo for Eastern Virginia Medical School. So he's comparing and contrasting. Here's Trump with two prominent black heroes, black individuals. And he's the one who's called the racist, but we have Northam in blackface. And then the caption was for Northam, progressive leftist Ralph Northam in the 1980s. Why is that offensive? All he's doing in that post from the description is trying to point out who the real racist is. What's the problem there? Clisby also shared a screenshot of that post with Hodges as one of those who liked the post on social media. Another screenshot showed Hodges liking a post about former President Obama playing golf beneath a quote from Michelle Obama urging people to stay home except for essential activities. Okay, well, that's pointing out hypocrisy, isn't it? If Michelle Obama is urging people to stay home except for essential activities and her husband is out golfing, isn't that hypocritical? Can't that be talked about? Another screenshot showed Hodges liking a photo of Kirk donating blood above the sentence, we must all do our part to defeat China virus. Okay, the virus came from China. So what was the upshot of all of this? Chris Hodges got up in front of his church and was apologetic 
over and over and over and and was crying I mean, it really kind of came across to me a little bit like a hostage video. I hate to say that. Listen to a little bit of it. This is cut three. But let me just be very clear. Racism, bigotry, prejudice exists. It's real. And it's of the devil. White supremacy or any supremacy other than the supremacy of Christ is of the devil. It's of the devil. Okay. And even some have even brought um, my character. What what does PC really think? Um, our church. And honestly, my first reaction is I, I understand because I know how much pain people are in. And my first reaction is I get it. I get it. I understand. I don't take it personal, but it still hurts, you know, uh, because I know who I am. And I've heard 37 years of ministry. Um, I just, I, I think if anybody zoomed out on the, the ministry of Highlands from day one to this very day, we've been very consistent in our value for all people and that we serve and love all people. And um, so I want to look into the camera and say um, to you and then really to anyone here too, for every person uh, who's ever felt marginalized, rejected, belittled or abused because of how God made you who you are, Tammy and I and this entire church family stand with you. Okay, but I don't understand why he's crying. I don't understand. I mean, he is speaking from the heart. We support you. We don't believe that racism is anything less than something from the devil, and we believe white supremacy is from the devil. Of course, there's no discussion of whether or not there is a widespread problem of white supremacy and whether or not he actually agrees with that. But you know, he's cornered. I mean, that's that's how it's sounding here. He says in a later statement, I realized that I've hurt people that I love deeply because I liked multiple insensitive social media posts. You know what I would have done, Chris? I would have said the reason that I liked that post where it was comparing and contrasting Donald Trump standing with Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks and then Northam in blackface is because I do despise racism, real racism. And I just want to point out that real racism is not something that is always what you're hearing in the media. Ralph Northam got away with what he did that was racist because he was a Democrat. And Trump has been skewered as a racist without any real evidence for it ever. And it certainly didn't come up the 30 years before he came on the scene as president when he was just a celebrity. I don't believe he's a racist at all. Why would you not take the opportunity to explain that? That could have been a good teachable moment. We do love you. It's because we do love our brothers and sisters of all different races that I like that post because I don't like racism. I despise racism. And we have always stood with the black community and we always will. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Those of us who are worshiping together in this church, you know, that's what I would have liked to see. I just felt so bad listening to him because I just don't think he had any reason to fall all over himself in the way that he did. And, you know, this is what this media pressure does to people who who just don't have to come forward and act like they, you know, they did something reprehensible. You know, Derek Chauvin is the guy who did something reprehensible, not Chris Hodges. Just let people have their opinions and like and follow who they want to. If he had liked somebody or liked a post that was reprehensible, that would have been one thing. But from the description here in this newspaper, it just doesn't sound like it was that big of a deal. And I wish he would have stood up for himself a little bit. You know, if we decry real racism, 
That's half the battle in moving toward having a really just society. We're going to leave it there. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time here on Janet Meffer Today. 